Hello friends, I'm Megan Crabtree and one of my favorite times of the day is when I'm getting ready and can throw on a true crime case without distraction. Every week we dive into a new case while you grab your makeup, sip your coffee and get ready with murder. Today's case is absolutely wild. It is the case of the serial killer dentist of St. Louis, Missouri. Now I was looking specifically for Midwest cases because that is where I grew up in that area. And I have never heard of this case. It has absolutely blown my mind because this guy just doing the craziness out in the public and nobody's catching him. So buckle up. Glennon Edward Engelman was born February 6th, 1927. He was the youngest of four children in a middle-class family growing up on the south side of St. Louis, Missouri. His father was a member of the United States Air Force, but then he switched careers and he worked on the railroad. Engelman was just like a mediocre student throughout his childhood, and he eventually went on to serve in the Army Air Corps in World War II. And then he later received a GI Bill, which he used on attending Washington University in St. Louis. So Engelman graduated Washington University in 1954 with his dentistry degree, and he decided to open his own dental practice in the same area in which he grew up in. He was excited to serve his neighborhood and was reported to have a deep love and appreciation for St. Louis. In 1953, Engelman married a woman named Edna Ruth Ball. She was a school teacher in Clayton, Missouri, and their marriage, honestly, it was pretty short-lived because just two years later, they were divorced. And then Engelman married a woman named Ida G. Van Hest on April 20th, 1956. You're going to learn in this story that Engelman was quite the unfaithful person throughout his relationships. So my best guess is that there was probably an affair pretty early on in his first marriage, and that's probably what split them up. However, Edna and Engelman would remain friends post-marriage, and then Edna would go on to also remarry, and his name was James Bullock. So in December of 1958, Dr. Engelman's first victim would be murdered. But who would it be? The newlywed husband of Glenn's ex-wife, Edna. (laughs) Y'all, this starts out wild and then it just continues to progress into absolute absurdity. So buckle up. One night that winter, James was discovered staggering, bloodied up and looking a hot mess through the streets near the St. Louis Art Museum. Evidently, witnesses claimed that he was being pursued by another man with what was presumed to be a pistol in his hand, attempting to obviously run for his life. Poor James was also then hit by a freaking car. And it turned out that this was totally coincidental. Like that had nothing to do with him being shot. It's just very unfortunate. So the firefighters end up arriving and they transport an unconscious James to the hospital, but he did die en route from two bullet wounds to the head and then one to the chest very near his heart. So during the investigation, police discovered that James was initially shot inside of his vehicle and he had attempted to run for his life. Obviously, that's what the witnesses saw, but the fatal shots occurred during 
that chase. James actually had about $20 in his pocket and was wearing his wedding band and class ring. So this did not look like a robbery. Police would bring James's wife, Edna, to the police station for questioning following the murder. And Edna would tell police that her newlywed husband was living a totally normal life. He attended college and he was pursuing his associate's degree. And the night prior to his murder, he had strung Christmas lights on their home. I mean... Can you get any more Hallmark movie than that? So he was a quiet man living a quiet life. And Edna agreed, you know, I'm going to go ahead and take a lie detector test for you guys. I have nothing to hide, but I was not able to find any proof that she actually followed through with that. Or if she did, I have no idea what the results were. So there's that. As it turns out, Edna had a pretty hefty life insurance policy on her husband. And then later on, would collect over $64,000 following his death. Guys, today, that's over $680,000. Where it gets really fishy is when I learned that she invested a large portion of that money into Dr. Engelman's new business inventor. Like, excuse me, ma'am, what business do you have investing in your ex-husband's business? except for, I don't know, if maybe you hired him for murder. Anyway, Edna later remarried and then moved to another state and may the Lord have mercy on whoever that new husband was because she's a little crazy. So life goes on for old Glenn, you know? It's about five years after the murder of James Bullock. And as I mentioned before, Glenn decided to start pursuing new business ideas. And one of these would be purchasing the Pacific drag strip with a partner named Eric Frey. On September 26th, 1963, Glenn and Eric would be at the drag strip blowing up cisterns with dynamite to fill in throughout the property when an explosion took place sooner than anticipated right next to Eric. He was instantly killed and his wife, Sandra, subsequently collected $37,000 in life insurance on her husband, which I love a good inflation calculator. So today that's over $370,000. Now where this gets a little slippery and whatnot is when I learned that Sandra was actually Glenn's stepniece. And when I say Glenn, guys, I'm talking about Dr. Engelman. I'm going to refer to him as Glenn from here on out. So Sandra was actually Glenn's stepniece. And it wasn't obviously just a regular old happenstance that Glenn met and became business partners with Eric. There was a connection there, just like there was with James and his ex-wife, Edna. Oh, and here, (laughs) this is where it gets even better. Sandra went on to invest $16,000 into that drag strip business following the death of her husband, Eric. Frey's death was ruled accidental at the time by the Franklin County coroner, but later two witnesses, including a lifelong friend of Engelman, testified that Glenn had boasted uh, that he had killed Frey to collect his insurance money, which are we all shocked right now? We're clearly beginning to see a pattern forming here. So Glenn's life would continue on as usual. He's still practicing dentistry. And at this point, he and his second wife, Ida, have divorced. And he's remarried once again, now to a woman named Ruth Jolly Engelman. But this marriage isn't smooth sailing at all. Such a shocker. Like, I know. I know you're surprised. Ruth and Glenn start arguing a lot over a woman named Carmen Miranda. 
So Carmen was a 24-year-old dental assistant at Dr. Engelman's practice. In fact, Glenn had known Carmen since she was a little girl, which makes this all more disgusting as the story continues, but it's important to note that apparently Glenn really had a way with words. So if you look up photos of this guy, you're going to be stunned that A, he convinced so many women to marry him, but B, that he convinced so many women to have an affair with him. Like, it's just crazy. He's no Brad Pitt. I guess he obviously had the gift of gab because he's he's got all these women. I mean, like, have y'all ever been attracted to someone and they weren't physically attractive, but they just had this like endearing personality and there was just this special something about them that made you so into them? Yeah, that was Glenn. So anyway, Glenn and Carmen started getting a little too close for comfort for Ruth. I don't know how you would even begin to trust this pig in the first place, but it probably didn't help that he had a hot young assistant that he was always talking about when he came from from work. You can imagine that Ruth was elated when she learned that Carmen had met and ended up marrying a man named Peter Holm. Rather quickly, actually, come to find out, it was actually Glenn's encouraging and convincing of Carmen to do this. You see, they had a little plan behind the scenes that, do I even need to say it at this point? Carmen was going to marry this man and take out a life insurance policy on him and then have Glenn murder him because money. So one night in September of 1976, Carmen and her new husband, Peter, were enjoying a little stroll near a pond in Pacific, Missouri, when suddenly he was brutally shot with a high-powered rifle from a distance with his wife, Carmen, right by his side. Peter and Carmen had been married less than a year at the time of his murder, and he was only 26 years old. So how much money did Carmen collect? $60,000, with $10,000 going directly to Glenn for the murder. The pattern kept happening throughout the years of this man's life, of people just dropping like flies, and large amounts of insurance money being claimed, with like zero people sniffing out the obvious, is absolutely freaking mind-boggling to me. Later, during the trial for Hom's murder, Carmen would testify against Engelman in exchange for immunity, which is just so very crappy. Like, girl, you were involved. So she tells the jury that she was so scared of Glenn and that she was worried that he was going to kill her too if she didn't cooperate with this insurance fraud scheme and pay him the $10,000 that he was demanding. She went on to say, quote, he suggested that I marry someone and he would kill them for insurance money. He told me how to fill out insurance forms and how to change beneficiary forms. He told me who would be good to marry and who would be bad. A person working for a large firm would be good because they would have good insurance benefits. Professional people would be bad, partly because their deaths would be more intensively investigated, is what she testified. So she later explains the murder in detail, and guys, it's truly heartbreaking. Peter obviously trusted and loved her. His last words to her were, quote, get help, I've been shot. And he falls to his knees and he dies right in front of his wife. After Peter's murder, things would just continue to get crazier. I know, it's like hard to believe that's possible at this point, but trust me, it is. So Glenn and Ruth would end up getting a divorce, and 
I'm finding conflicting information on this, but I feel the need to add it in. Some sources report that he actually remarried to Carmen during this time. Yes, the Carmen, the one above that we're talking about. But I don't know how much weight I put into that considering she testified against him in Peter's trial. And if they had been married, I would assume that she would have been protected against having to testify against her husband. So do with that information what you will. In 1976, after Clint and Ruth divorced, he began sleeping with a patient named Barbara Boyle. This man just loves to scheme because not long after they began their romantic relationship, he convinces her to find and marry a rich man that he can kill, obviously, and then they can collect his wealth together. Guys, how in the freaking world is this guy just finding all of these women that are willing to help murder people with him? And innocent people, innocent people. It's just crazy. So they find a man named Ronald Guswell and she marries him as soon as she can. She learns through this scheme that Ronald is only worth money when his parents die because they're the ones that have all the wealth. So this just got a little bit more complicated for old Barb and Glenn, right? They now realize that they're going to have to murder Ronald's parents first and then Ronald can collect the wealth, they can murder him, and then they get the money. You see how this is going? It's just crazy. So unfortunately, this is exactly what they do. In November of 1977, Glenn entered the home of Arthur and Vernita Guswell, and he viciously murders them. Arthur was shot and Vernita was bludgeoned to death. Upon their untimely death, Ronald inherited half of their family fortune craziness. Then, you know, life went on for Barbara and Ronald, but only for a short period of time. And during that time, Barbara took out multiple life insurance policies on her husband. One day, Ronald came home from work like any other day. And in the garage, he was greeted by his wife holding a stack of towels and Glenn with a gun. He was shot in the chest and head, and then he was bludgeoned to death with a sledgehammer. Barbara was able to collect $190,000 from her husband's death. And just to give you peace right now, Barbara was convicted of her husband's death and sentenced to 50 years. However, she was released in 2009 and she was never convicted of her in-laws murders. After these murders, the police somehow finally decide to do some real investigating and they determined that Glenn was a little sus. And how it took them this long, you guys, I have no freaking idea. It's just craziness. Besides being a career murderer, you have to remember that Glenn was also a dentist. <laughs> I know, it's hard to hard to remember. Uh, he was apparently, though, a pretty crappy dentist, and he owed nearly $15,000 to a woman named Sophia Barrera. Sophia owned a dental lab that Glenn had used and never paid for his services that he used. And Sophia wasn't about to let that slide. You know, she filed a lawsuit against Glenn for his money. And one day Barrera was going to her car after work when suddenly it would explode and she would be killed instantly. So after Sophia's murder, do y'all remember Glenn's ex-wife, Ruth? The one that was all jelly over Carmen? Well, I guess she decided that she was over Glenn's 
shenanigans. And she came forward to the police about everything that she knew. She said, sometimes when they were married, Glenn would brag about murders to her. Like what? Keep in mind, Ruth was still having sexual escapades with Glenn, which makes this even weirder because I mean, homegirl knew that he was killing people all willy nilly, but then she was still meeting up for sex. I mean, she stayed married to him for a long time too. It's just weird. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, she decides that she's going to wear a wire for the police so that they can get confirmed evidence that Glenn was responsible for all of these murders, right? Well, she was successful and she manages to get Glenn to admit to details of some of these murders on tape. Later, she was placed into witness protection because we all know if anyone was going to figure out how to kill her, Glenn definitely would have done it even if he was behind bars. I mean, he's crazy. So Glenn goes on trial for Peter and Sophia Barrera's murders and he's convicted. In 1985, Glenn goes on to plead guilty to three other murders, but police believe that he probably killed up to 12 people if not more. Like what? Engelman received two life sentences for the slayings of Barrera and Holm, and he died at 71 years old in 1999 from diabetes complications at the Jefferson City Correctional Center. Barbara would end up being the only other wife slash affair partner accomplice that would be convicted of any of these murders. Like, I don't know how, because it's so very obvious that these women were heavily involved. I mean, the murders and the money and the insurance couldn't have taken place without them being involved. I don't know if prosecutors just didn't have enough evidence and so they didn't want to try to indict them, but it's wild to me that all these women are just walking free knowing what they've done. So... That, my friends, is the story of the serial killer dentist of St. Louis, Glennon Engelman. I know that one was seriously a wild ride. I am still sitting here amazed at how many murders this man was able to commit without being arrested and still practicing dentistry. Like, this man was a public figure, so to speak. Homeboy was drilling teeth and then killing people in the evening. The same hands, same hands that were killing people were in your mouth. Like what? It's crazy. Well, that's the case for today. I hope you enjoyed getting ready with me today and that you have the best day ever. Stay aware and stay safe out there today. Bye.